Welcome to Nest Church, and thanks for listening to our podcast. We hope this word blesses you today. For more information, visit nestchurch.com. We hope to see you soon. And remember, you are loved. dropped that on me in the parking lot, um, it's kind of rough to hear. I just got here, you know what I mean? I'm like, he's like, hey, man, just so you know, um, you're preaching the first message of the year, so make sure it leaves an impact on the church. What? Why are you, man, how can you tell me that? I just walked into the door, but I just have my coffee. I, I got to prepare for this stuff. And I just want to say it's, it's always an honor to be up here and um, able to serve the Lord in in the capacity in, in which he has called one to serve in, right? So, so I'm excited to share today a word with you guys that God has been stirring in my heart. Um, so my prayer is that you guys are, are here to receive and, man, that the Holy Spirit just reigns in this place, amen? How about we start off with saying Happy New Year? Um, man, it's, I don't know if there's a study on this or not, but... I feel as, as I get older that time just passes by faster and faster. There has to be a study on this because I feel that I get home, I lay my head down, and I'm like, man, another day is gone. Like, where is time going, right? And for me, 2019 passed by so fast. It, it was like a blink of an eye for me. It really was. And I'm sure if we go around the room in here, we could hear of people in 2019 that said, man, I had great victories in 2019, right? I had great successes. I had great joy. I had a lot of blessings in 2019. But with the same turn, I'm sure that there's people in here that could say, man, 2019 was good, but I had pain in 2019. And I went through trial and I had suffering and, and there was days that I was down and, and I was very low. But maybe we could come into agreement and say that in the middle of our highest point, in the middle of our joy, in the middle of our success, that to the lowest point of 2019, in, in the pain and the storm and the trial, we could agree that God is still good. That, that no matter what the circumstance or the situation is, right, because circumstances and situations are going to change. They're always going to change. But God is constant, and God will never change. And that's something to take heart in that we don't serve a God that changes like the wind. We serve a God that, man, is constant. Hallelujah. He deserves praise for that. Let's give him some praise for that, man. Lord, we thank you for that, that you are a God that is constant. And, and I like this time of year. I, I like the New Year's because I'm sure there's a term you guys have heard and we've, Pastor was kind of talking about it, uh, New Year's resolutions. So how many people in here have a New Year's resolution by a show of hands? Nobody, only a couple people? Man, you guys are weird. Okay. All right. Um, I don't even know if I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it the way. I usually have a New Year's resolution, um, and it's usually the same thing every year. I just want to lose like 10 or 15 pounds. That's usually all I want, right? Um, and maybe we could, we could say this, that there's not too many things in a believer's life that, that has power over us, right? Except for Jesus. Jesus is the driving force in a, believer, in a believer's life. And he is the one that has all power over us. But something happens to me um, around this time of year, right? Because I, I want to go on a diet, okay? And I want to prepare for the diet. So I go to the grocery store and I want to buy all the healthy things, I go home, I clean my pantry out, I clean my kitchen out, and I have a plan 
because I want to do good. And I do usually pretty good for the first couple of weeks. But then something happens. There's a power that, that, that wrecks me, that, that, that takes control of me a little bit. And, and just bear with me for a second because I'm going to try to illustrate this. I'm going to try to tell you what this is. And as soon as I start talking about it, you may know what it is, right? So there's this big sign and the sign is it's a circle shape and the sign lights up in red. And in the middle of the sign it says hot now. So some of you know where I'm going with this. And this sign just so happens to be attached to an establishment that sells donuts. Oh, man, it's a hot now Krispy Kreme. Who likes Krispy Kreme donuts? Oh, man, oh, that's good, man. Hallelujah. And for those of you that didn't raise your hand, it's okay to be weird if you don't like them. Uh, my wife doesn't like them hot either. She likes them regular. That's kind of strange. Um, she says that they're too airy and they're too sugary and, and they're too light. And I'm like, man, that's the best part. <laughs> But I'm not going to complain. It's more donuts for me, I guess. So this sign has power over me. Because when I see the sign turned on, I'm like, I, I got to go in. I, I have to get a donut. And then I eat one, two, three, four, maybe six, whatever. I eat as many donuts as I have to eat. And then I'm like, oh, man, I, I wrecked my New Year's resolution. I, I failed. But maybe the question is this. Maybe I didn't fail my New Year's resolution, but maybe I just had the wrong plan. You see where I'm going with this. Maybe I just had the wrong plan because every year I do the same thing. I start good and then I, I don't finish it. I don't finish it. And isn't that the definition of insanity? Doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. That's insane. That's kind of crazy. Pastor went over this a little while ago, like the top resolutions, you know, it's uh, weight loss and exercise and some of us want to go on more vacations some of us want to save more money. And listen, it's good to have a New Year's resolution. It's, it's good to set goals for ourselves. I'm not saying these things are bad. It's good to have them. But let me ask you this. Have you ever heard of this? Have you ever heard of this phrase, a new year, a new me? Have you guys heard of this around this time of the year? I've heard of it. And what does that even mean? Like, what is so different from December 31st to January 1st? What is the extreme that has changed within our lives from one day to another? Excuse me for a second. I'm going to come in a little bit fast here, okay? But don't you know that if you are in the Lord, that you are already a new creation that is found in Christ Jesus? What do you mean new year, new me? If scripture says that the old is gone and the new has come, we are new people found in Christ Jesus already. So new year, I, I don't get, I don't, I don't understand that sometimes, right? But I know of a resolution that will never fail you as long as you're willing to come to a place of surrenderance and receive it. And this resolution, this resolution will cost you. It's not a free resolution. This resolution comes at a cost. Other resolutions are good. And it's like I said, it's good to have them. But do you have the main goal? Do we have Jesus in our lives? Or are we centered around his kingship, right? So the reality is this, that there is a resolution inside of us that we just don't visit January 1st. That we have a resolution that is every single day. And a resolution for believers, maybe it should look something like this, right? That we want to be closer to him. That we want to grow in his word. That we want to grow in his presence. We want to grow in prayer, 
A resolution maybe that we want to be taken to deeper places, more of him and less of us. That sounds like an intense resolution to me. And that's a resolution that, that I want, right? I want all of these things. I want to be closer. I want to grow in prayer. Man, Lord, that you take me to a deeper place. That, that, that's a resolution that I believe every believer should strive for. So if you're taking notes today, the title of this message is, Who Are You? Say it with me. Who are you? Who are you? Sometimes in our walk, you know, we forget, to, we forget or we tend to take on a different identity. A different attitude, depending on the circumstances, depending what's happening around us, it, it may dictate who we become. A certain situation or a problem can cause us to change or even distort our, our identity if we're not rooted in the right place. But I say to you, man, don't let your struggle dictate your identity. Let your identity dictate how you're going to conquer your struggle. <laughs> I'm going to say that again. Don't let your struggle dictate your identity. Let your identity dictate how you're going to conquer your struggle. Pain can sometimes change our identity, right? And we just did a whole series on use your pain. It can make us scared. It could make us doubt, make us question. But you know, we were called to use our pain. We're called to be steadfast. We're called to stand firm. All of the situation around us could change. God never changes. It's a God that is constant. We're the ones that decide to change. We're, we're the ones that say, Lord, I, man, I know that I'm going through this today, but man, I, I want to figure this out on my own because I've been calling upon you and calling upon you, and, and I'm just not hearing it in the time that I want to hear. Don't we know that God's delay is not God's denial? We understand that here, right? Man, we're called to use the pain and a lot of times God places a mountain in front of us so that we can show others that through him a mountain can be moved so we need to realize something we need to realize that in the middle of pain in, in the middle of hurt in the middle of suffering that we're not broken but maybe we just forgot who we are maybe we just forgot that and identity this is what the Webster dictionary defines identity as is the definition of identity is who you are, the way that you think about yourself, the way that you are viewed by the world, and the characteristics that define you. So what does the identity of a believer look like? What does it mean to take on the identity of Jesus? We have to first understand, right? We have to first understand what has caused our old identity to change into a new creation, what happened in our lives that we decided to leave the old me behind? So point number one, if you're taking notes today, we heard. Look to the, next, to the person next to you and say this. We heard. And if you could turn with me to Romans 10, 17 and give me an amen when you're there. Ten seventeen. So Romans 10, 17 says this, it says, so faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. So we heard, and what do we hear, right? There was a point in the believer's life that we heard something, and at that exact moment, our faith began because we heard the word. We heard the word of Jesus, and I'm hoping everybody in here today has heard. And at the moment we heard, that's where our faith 
sprung up, right? Because in order for something to change, it has to be confronted with information. It has to be confronted with something new. So mostly everybody in here today has heard. And what did we hear? We heard the gospel, right? And the gospel is the only message in the world that has the power to change a person's heart. It's the only message that has the power to change your identity completely. And I know there may be people in here today that, man, maybe you're searching. Maybe you got questions. And questions are good. And you're curious about what the Christian faith is about. Well, if that is you, I invite you to listen to this next part very closely. Because I'm going to get into the middle of, of what this book is and and what our faith stands for and what a believer holds true and, and the reason why believers are congregating and sitting at a place of worship every single Sunday. So if that is you, I, I invite you to listen to this very closely. We all fall under one true God. And, and this one true God is the creator of all things. Scripture says that everything was created for him, by him, and through him. That the reason we are sitting here today breathing is because he is the one that has sustained life. He is the one that has sustained all life. At his command, we would all stop breathing. We understand that. That's the type of God that has created us. But there is a problem. There is a problem with man's heart. It's a sin problem. And because of our sin problem, we are separated from God. And if we die in a state of separation, then we will be eternally separated from him. Forever. And if you look at the religions of the world, every religion has a recipe on how to get back to God. Do these prayers, do these rituals, do these things. But the good news of the kingdom is this, is that God came to us. 2,000 years ago, God became a man in the person of Jesus. Jesus Christ, Jesus of Nazareth. And Jesus came and he lived a blameless life, a perfect life of 33 years, a life that you and me cannot live for 33 seconds. And while Jesus was here, he was mocked, and Jesus was spit at, and Jesus was beaten, and he had a crown of thorns placed upon his head. And then they told him to pick up his cross and take that cross all the way to Calvary. And at Calvary, he was crucified. He was nailed to the cross. Well, Jesus didn't have sin to die for, so whose sin did he die for? your sin. He died for my sin. And that is good news of the kingdom that Jesus took our place, right? He, he took the cross that we deserve. But the story gets better because Jesus didn't stay dead. You see, three days later, he was resurrected, conquering death and taking victory over sin. That is amazing news. And now everybody that comes to Jesus by faith will be saved. Romans chapter 10 says that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, then you will be saved. So know that he, give him praise, go ahead. Give him praise. Praise and honor for that. That's good. Give him praise. Man, man, so know this, that anywhere in the world, here today in a warehouse in Miami Lakes, know that your life can change forever today because of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen, man. At what point in our life, we, we have all heard this message. It's the message of salvation. We were presented with a decision, right? A decision that could change our identity forever. A decision that was not taken lightly. A decision that comes with a cost. A decision that has transformed 
our lives forever. Do you know who you are? Point number two, if you're taking notes, we responded. Say, say it with me. We responded. Amen. And what is a response? A response is a reaction to something. Because a true believer has responded. A true believer has reacted. And what have we responded to? We responded to the gospel. That's why we're here. And in the response to the gospel, many things about us have changed. But in this response, our heart has changed. It's a changing of the heart. Things that we once loved, we now hate, right? And listen, I'm not saying that we're perfect people. <laughs> we're far from being perfect people, but we are called to live in holiness, right? We're not called to be perfect, but we are called to live in holiness. And don't get me wrong, there's still things that I battle, that we all battle within our flesh that, that man, some things, you know, we want to do, but it's contradictory to the word. But we come to a place where we say, man, am I going to take Jesus off of his throne and replace Jesus with a fleshly desire that I have? Absolutely not. Why? Because we're new creations. We're new creations that are found in Christ Jesus. We, we look different. We act different. We talk different. Uh, we love different. Like a ton of attributes that we had, the old ones are gone and new ones have come. What if I were to tell you this? Imagine today if I would have came in here 15 minutes late. And everybody's looking around and like, man, where's, who's giving the word today? Because Nest Church is always on time. <laughs> so what's going on here today? And I just, man, you know what? I, I walk in and I say, man, guys, I'm sorry that I'm late today is that I got a flat tire. And while I was fixing my flat tire, you know, I, I took it off and I was made sure I didn't get dirty. I, I, put my, I put on a different shirt. But once I was done, I stepped out into the roadway. And I got hit by a semi-truck coming 70 miles an hour. You guys will make one of two assumptions. <laughs> Either this man is a liar or this man is completely insane. Because there's no way that I could get hit by a semi-truck going 70 miles an hour and look the same. It's impossible. It's impossible. At least my shirt would at least be ripped. I would have maybe, if I'm lucky, one broken bone. I'd be bleeding. My, my, complete, my, my complete structure would look different. I look different, right? What makes you think that if you have an encounter with the God of this universe that you're going to remain the same? That's impossible. Say the word impossible. It's impossible to have an encounter with Jesus and remain the same. There's no way. There is no way. If you could turn with me to John 3.3. 3. Give me an amen when you're there. Amen. You guys good with there? All right, John 3.3. 3. So Jesus answered him and said, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. We understand that Jesus here is talking about a spiritual rebirth, not a physical rebirth. So I don't have to go too deep into the scripture. It is something that is spiritual. It's a spiritual rebirth where the old is gone. And we're not, we now take on a new identity, right? Because when something brand new is born, is born into something that's new, 
It's something brand new. So we've been born again, and with a new birth comes new change. What are some evidences that we have changed? You guys could just yell them out. What's an evidence that a believer has truly, truly changed? Say it again. Fruit. Repentance. Amen, that's good. Fruit, repentance. How about we have more patience, all right? We're, we're, we endure more things now, except maybe on the palmetto. Monday mornings, patience runs a little bit thin on the palmetto. Man, that's, you know, that'll be a good word. Patience in traffic. Patience in the palmetto. You know what, don't hold me to that because something's going to happen in traffic. And Omar, you said you were going to preach in the palmetto. And I'm here struggling and, and I'm waiting for this word to change me. But man, we have more patience. We endure more, right? How about we have love? Paul says that without love, we're nothing more than a clashing symbol. Nothing more than a clashing symbol. We produce good fruit. Jesus says you will know them by their fruits. We are quick to forgive. Why? Because we have been forgiven much. We love our neighbor. We just did an entire series on, on loving our neighbors, right? We love our neighbors. We're prayer warriors. We're at a place where we are in constant communication with God. That that line never closes. We're constantly in prayer. We are in his word, right? We need to fill our mind with his word. And we won't have room for the enemy's lies. No room for deception. And the only thing in our mind is truth. We deliberately seek the Lord. I like this one. It's a deliberate seek. It's a deliberate pursuit. It's not a casual Christianity where we just come to church on a Sunday, but know that on Monday afternoon, man, I'm in prayer, and Tuesday morning, I'm reading his word, and Wednesday, I have midweek, and Thursday, I'm seeking him all day. It is something that's deliberate, not casual, but a complete surrender to him. It's a deliberate pursuit. And we live a continuous lifestyle of, of honoring God. We're born again through his sacrifice. Do you have these characteristics? Do you know who you are? Do you know who you are? Because we need to start declaring who we are in Christ Jesus. And this is evident all throughout scripture, right? We see it in the Old Testament with King Nebuchadnezzar where he had put up an idol and he wanted to command everyone to bow down to this idol. But there was three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego that refused to bow down. So the king grabbed them and, and he threw them into a furnace. And when he saw that these men were not getting burned, he pulled them out of the furnace and a change happened within the king. A change happened because he saw, wait a minute, these men are not burned. That means that they serve the true living God. And a change happened within his heart where he tore down the idols and he now commanded everyone to worship the true living God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. A change has occurred. A change has occurred. In the New Testament, we see a change in Saul before he became Paul, right? Because Saul was on a mission to kill every Christian. He wanted to annihilate Christianity. He wanted to wipe Christianity off the face of this earth. That was Paul's mission until he had an encounter with the risen king until he had an encounter with Jesus on the road to Damascus. And, and Paul went from a murderer to an apostle. A change occurred. A change has occurred. And people are going to see a change in you. Right? If, we're, if we're truly born again, people are going to see things about your life that, that, that 
It's different. There's something different about this person. A while ago, I, I walked into the police department and I wasn't working that day. I was off duty. And the department's full of cops. And as soon as I walk in, I'm in plain clothes. I'm not in uniform. And my boss goes, Omar, I'm glad you're here. I'm like, okay, what's up? He's like, listen, there's a homeless man on the other side that, um, you know, we just hired him to mop the floors and give him a couple bucks. Can you go talk to him? I'm like, okay. He goes, yeah, that's what you do, right? I'm like, you mean be a human? <laughs> I'm not too sure. He's like, yeah, go talk to him, you know, just like encourage him. I'm like, okay, that's fine. I could go encourage somebody. I have no problem with that. But it wasn't until after I started thinking, well, man, wait a minute. The station was loaded with other people. Why did this man wait for me to walk in and ask me? I'm going to tell you why. Because there is something different, that there is a light that is within us, a light that casts out darkness, a light that draws the world to us, a light that men are drawn to. That's what it is. We're different. People see something different in us. Have you responded? Is your life a living testament to others? Is your life a living testament? Tito, let, let, me, let me borrow you for a second. Come here, yeah. Man, it, let me see, you know what? If I were to grab Tito and I say, and you don't have to answer any of this. Uh, Tito, I want to grab 10 of your closest friends, Tito, and 10 of your closest family members. And I'm talking about people that really know you. Know you in and out. And Tito, I want you to tell me what these people are going to tell me about you. Are they going to say, oh man, I know Tito. He's a great guy. He is a great father. He's a, I think he's a teacher at a school. He plays the guitar really nice. He's just an awesome, awesome man. Or are they going to say, That's okay. I think all of us have a little bit of, of stubborn in us. You don't want to listen, but it's okay. We won't tell Jenny about that. Or are people going to say, man, I know Tito. This is a man after God's heart. I see God in every aspect of Tito's life. Within his marriage, I see God. With him raising his family, I see God. When he's up here on stage, he's worshiping with 100%. And every time I have a worry, thank you, brother. Every time I have a worry or I have a trouble, man, I run to Tito because that is a man that is full of wisdom. That is a man that is filled with the Holy Spirit. That is a man that I want to come to and talk to when I'm in time of need. And listen, I'm not saying this to idolize Tito or to idolize man. But remember when Paul said, imitate me as I imitate him. Right? So what are people going to say? Is your life a living testament to the gospel? Is your life a living testament to Jesus? Is your life a living testament? I'm just going to say this, man. There's a problem of people only know you're a Christian by your Facebook. Okay? <laughs> that's kind of... I know that's a little bit deep, that there is a problem if people only know that you are a Christian by your Facebook. <laughs> okay? This is a whole other preaching. But that is an issue. Okay? We're not called to be social media Christians. I'm not saying that there's bad things on social media. I'm not saying that. All right? Because I think that great things can be done for the Lord on a platform of social media. I think amazing things can be done. But if people only identify, oh, yeah, I know you're Christian because of your Facebook status. That's a problem. Whole other preaching. But that's an issue. You know, there was another guy at work one day. 
This was last year before I left police work full-time and I went part-time. And this individual sees me outside and he says, hey, Omar, what are you still doing here? I go, what do you mean, man? I'm not leaving for a couple weeks. He goes, oh, yeah, that's right. You're leaving because of church stuff. I didn't even know how to respond to this guy. I just looked down. And I'm like, yeah, I'm leaving for church stuff, I guess. When the reality is, what I really should have said was church stuff. Man, this is a lot deeper than just church stuff. Don't you know that the God that is in my church stuff came and took a cross for you? That my church stuff is not stuff. It is an identity that I have taken on that is found in Christ Jesus. That this church stuff has a name. And at the name of this church stuff, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. And in his name, that people will be healed. And in his name, demons must flee. And in his name, there is power to save your soul. I didn't tell him this because that was kind of intense for a parking lot conversation. <laughs> so I didn't want to tell him that in the middle of a parking lot. But that's what I should have said. Have you responded to the gospel? Who are you? Worship team could start coming up. Worship team could start coming up. <laughs> point, this is my last point. Point number three. Point number three. So we heard... We responded, now let's live to the calling. And everyone's calling looks different. Everyone's calling looks different. And I'm going to show you what the calling the Lord has placed upon me. I'm not saying that this is your calling, but know that if you are a believer in here today, you have a calling. <laughs> I hope we understand this. Luke, can you play that 15-second video for me? Do you know Jesus? Because that is the most crucial and important question Man. that you could ask yourself. In English or? Because Jesus loves you and Jesus cares Spanish. for you. Spanish. <laughs> and he, he wants you to surrender to him. Do you? This is the sign that I hold. <laughs> this is the sign that I hold. Freedom in Jesus. And is this weird? Is this not normal when you see a man on a street corner holding a sign like this? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it's weird and it's not normal. But guess what? We're not normal to be remarkable, right? We are not normal. And I hold this sign out there. Why? Because I have an urgency in my heart, an urgency for people to know that there is freedom to be found at the cross of Christ, an urgency that I want people to know that only Jesus saves. Why? Because I am not a normal man. Why? Because the Holy Spirit, when the Holy Spirit drops, the Holy Spirit comes and it takes a hold of your life and it changes your complete identity. Your complete identity is changed in Jesus. That's why I hold that sign. Yeah, man, people look at me strange. I don't care what people look. Man, oh, man, let me stop. It's weird stuff. It's weird. Right, because in 1 Peter 2.9, it says this. You are of a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. That's weird. What do you mean I'm part of a, what do you mean I'm part of royalty? That is strange to me. We're his own special people that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness. We're proclaiming his praises in every aspect of our life. That is weird stuff to me. It's strange. We're not normal. We're not normal because a new identity has been formed in us. We are not 
of this world. Our citizenship is in heaven. Our citizenship is of somewhere else. But while we are living in this place, we are called to be a light to others. We're called to be a light. Is your life centered on his kingship? Who are you today? Let's start living to our calling. Our identity is for the sake of making him known. And knowing him, knowing who you are begins by knowing him. Once we know who we are, once we know what we are rooted in, man, our life can be a hope for others. Our life is a beacon for others. I'm sure people in here, okay, I'm sure that there are people that run to you. That you have certain people in your lives that just come to you because there's something different. Right? They could go to anybody else, but man, you know what? No, I want to call Armando today because Armando has the Holy Spirit. Armando is a man that seeks for the Lord because there's light and we walk in a different way. We love in a different way and we talk in a different way. It's to make him known. It's to make Christ known. You guys could stand with me. It's to make Jesus So you want a new year, a new you. I know of a resolution. I know of a resolution that is absolute. A resolution that will never fail you. A resolution that is constant. A resolution that does not change. And it's a resolution that, that lives in you. And his name is Jesus. Let's start living in that resolution today. Right. Let's not wait for January 1st of next year to start a New Year's resolution when we can have a living resolution inside of us. A living resolution inside of us. So if you are someone in here today that you're at a broken place, know that you're not broken, that maybe you just forgot who you are. If that's you, man, I invite you to come up to the altar. If you are somebody in here today that has forgotten what identity you hold, I invite you to come up to the altar. If you are someone in here today that has started the new year and you don't know what you're going to do because bills are piling up and, and I'm sick and, and I have all these life problems, you're not broken. You just forgot who you are. You just forgot who you are. So I invite you to come up to this altar. Because last time that I preached, I said, I said this, that we're going to launch an arrow of, to the enemy, an arrow of prayer. And that's what we'll do today. We'll make war together in this place today. That's one of our codes. We make war. Let's launch an arrow of attack to that enemy today. Hallelujah.